0: This is the FrogCast.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the FrogCast. They said this day would never come, but here we are. The 2017 football season is upon us. The Frogs are out there and had their first practice this weekend. We've had a ma- availability with the media. It is time to get ready for TCU Horn Frog football. We've got a lot to talk about today. we got recruiting. we got a new commitment that we're going to cover. We're going to do a deep dive into Heim Barbecue because God is good. That and a whole lot more on this episode of the Frogcast. Daniel, Jeremiah, Jeremy, the last time I saw you, we were uh, drinking a beer and eating some barbecue at Heim. You guys holding up okay down there without me?
2: Yeah, man. We're Pretty good. good we yeah.
1: It was good to see you guys last week for our Heim barbecue get-together. We're going to uh, dig into that in just a second, but it's nice to finally put a face to a voice on the podcast for two of you fellas.
3: For sure. It's nice to finally formally meet you.
1: Yes, formally meet you. We got we got it. We got the paper signed and everything. We are we are formal. We are real. Well, one of the things that we love to talk about on this podcast is recruiting. So let's not waste any time. Jeremy Jeremiah Tate Barber commits to the Horn Frogs. We're recording this Sunday night. Less than an hour ago, he made his commitment. Jeremy, I love that your article was ready to go 45 seconds after his tweet. Take us inside Tate Barber's commitment and what it means to the 2018 class.
2: Well, that's just how it is. I mean, that's, we knew it was coming down and, and Jeremiah did a great job of getting the quotes. Uh, I mean, basically one minute after my story posted. So it's one of those things where, uh, you're excited about, uh, the kind of player he is. He's, he's a athletic player, plays quarterback for his team. He's going to play receiver at TCU, but he'll remind a lot of people kind of the, uh, Kevonte Turpin, Desmond White role. He's not real big, but he's fast and he's quick. And that's what, uh, they look forward in their slot receivers nowadays with Sonny Cummings' offense. So I think it's a great pickup. Uh, they they won over uh, Clemson. They uh, won over Tennessee, Wisconsin, West Virginia. This kid had 28 offers on the table. It's a huge pickup for them. It only moves them up one spot, but that shouldn't uh, you know be, be anything bad for uh, you know TCU fans out there with his commitment. This guy's a really special player. I think he's going to do big things, not only on offense, but in special teams as well.
1: Jeremiah, you got to talk to him and get uh, here, kind of have him weigh in on what his commitment to TCU meant and why he chose the school. Take us inside what his thoughts are about the program.
3: He just, you know, it's one of those things where he said, uh, you know, once he had committed to TCU or once he had visited TCU, he couldn't get TCU off of his mind and he'd visited other places and, and just nothing kind of compared to it. And he just, ta- he just said, you know, I, if I ended up anywhere else, it just, it wouldn't have felt right. You know? So, Obviously, the coaches did a good job with him. You know, Jeremy kind of compared him to a Turpin, uh, maybe a Des White. I, I kind of compare him more to like a, maybe a Jeremy Curley. He's, he's more like 185. You know, he's 185 pounds at 5'9", and uh, he's, he's a little thicker guy. He could play corner. I mean, Clemson offered him as a defensive back. Um, I believe a couple other schools offered him as a defensive back. Um, but he's going to get a chance to play the slot for TCU. Uh, he's just a really athletic kid, and he's if you just watch. Just turn on his huddle for one second, and just watch him. He can run through people. He runs around people. He can jump up with the one-handed catch. I mean, he doesn't play it like he's five nine. He plays much bigger than that. So another great weapon added to the offense, and uh, he he seems to really be on board already. In a group chat with the rest of the Carter Boys'
2: 18 class, and
3: already going to start working on uh, on recruiting some other guys. So a great pickup for the frogs.
2: And another Wildcat guy, he can get back there and, and throw the ball around. That's a good, uh, good tool to have when you're wanting to get those guys like uh, Desmond White and what they've done in years past just being able to throw the football and trick plays.
1: Just seems like the kind of guy you want to have on the field, and he knows what to do when he get the ball. Gets the ball in his hands. Barber's commitment is in recruitment. It's been connected to Henry, who's also a tailback out of out of Houston. His announcement is coming up soon. I know that there's the assumption with Barber committing to TCU. There's a high likelihood that Henry will. What can Frog fans expect um, leading up to Henry and his his announcement in the next couple of days?
2: Uh, I mean, it's just be patient. I mean, that's all I can tell you. Just be patient. It's uh, He's one of those players that, even when I saw him in July down in College Station at the State 7-on-7, he told me back then he knew where he was going. He was just waiting to make it official. Uh, I feel really good about it. I think he, he, he you know, you hear the, the term silent commit. I do think that he's probably maybe already silently committed to TCU and just not making it a public yet. Uh, but. You know, he's uh, very good friends with Tay Barber, and uh, they played on the same Fast 7 team. And there's going to be a lot of recruiting those guys down in Houston. Uh, once uh, you know a couple of those H-Town guys get on board, you're going to see uh, them having a really big recruiting effect with those guys in that area and, and throughout the state, in my opinion.
1: Well, his announcement's going to be on, I believe, on ABC in Houston. So that's a, that's a big pa- platform for hopefully him to commit to the frogs. We'll all stay uh, – if you're interested in that, stay horned, logged on to Horn Frog Blitz for all the latest. Three other guys that are on my radar that I really want the two of you to dig into to – kind of give us your snapshot. You don't have to give us a percentage, your snapshot of where the frogs stand. Cause I think these are the last three pieces that are kind of on the board before the season starts. Uh, Calvin Avery, Jarrett Patterson and Slade Bolden. Where do you see these three guys land in and what is it? Do you think they could bring to the 2018 class?
3: Well, I, you know, personally, I've got, I've got all three of those guys, crystal ball, the TCU right now. Um, jeremy got a chance to see avery out there today at tcu practice um, sporting a tcu shirt um I, you know i think it's going to be really tough though you know i got some quotes from slade bold and i'm going to be running that article either tonight or tomorrow um it's down to tcu and alabama for him uh he's eliminated lsu which that was huge uh he just kind of said the lsu he didn't feel really the love from the entire coaching staff like he did from alabama and uh, TCU. And for the LSU fans saying that he doesn't have a committable Alabama offer, that's actually not true at all. He has a committable Alabama offer. He ran 454 electronically at their camp. They love the guy. And so um, it's going to come out of TCU and Alabama for him. I'm not even a hundred percent sure it's going to be TCU, um, but I've got a good feeling that it is. Uh, Avery's a little more of a, kind of for me, harder to read and, and for the staff as well. And some of the, you know, people following his recruiting, he's he just doesn't really show his hand, so I thought that was big that he made it out to practice today. Um, I'm sorry, who was the third person that you said? Jarrett Patterson, the
1: offensive Jarrett lineman Patterson. from California.
3: I, you know, I've got him, Crystal Ball to TCU as well, but watch Arizona State in that one. Um, he's, you know, he's in Pac-12 country, and and uh, he very well could end up at a Pac-12 school, but I know he he does have uh, TCU uh, really high up there right now.
2: I'm kind of on board with Jeremiah. I feel really good about all three of those guys in and up at TCU, probably more so with uh, Calvin and Slade uh, more than I am with Jarrett right now. With Slade, you can just see the way he interacted with the coaches. Jeff, you were there at the camp. Just, just the way that uh, he interacted not only with the receiver coaches but with every coach on staff. He seems like he's just really at home and uh, just looked like he was having a really great time out there just – being around those coaches being around uh, other athletes getting a chance to compete and you just see him look around a couple times i just i just caught myself watching him and just and just him just looking around and taking it all in i think he could really see himself at tcu and and uh you know there's there's been a great recruiting push for tcu going down and getting some of the top players out, out of the boot and i know justin rogers has been recruiting him like crazy. And uh, Slade really loves TCU. I, I, I think in the end it will be TCU with Calvin. He was up there today at practice, looked like he was having a great time. Coach Patterson came over, said hi to him a little bit, and you know other coaches came over, said hi. And It was great for him to get up there and see the practice just because I think he wants to really see what it's like to be at TCU as far as the, going through the grind because a lot of coaches or a lot of players – excuse me we'll, we'll talk about TCU and getting a chance to see the family aspect of it but let's be real the, the players also want to see how the coaches are going to going act when it's you know them not trying to sell their family or uh, sell the recruit themselves the TC is the place to be they want to see how they interact with the players that are on the roster see how they uh react if they're mad if they're if they're happy they just kind of it it kind of gets them out of the out of the element of being in the office and trying to sell kids on what's great about TC. now you can see the coaches uh in a real setting and I think that was great for Calvin to go out there and see coach Patterson was in full season form running around going to di- different defensive groups coaching up everyone and and uh, obviously Zarnel Fitch the the guy that would be his position coach was uh doing really really good things out there today and I think you could just tell with Calvin that he he likes what he sees in TCU. He smiled a lot. And, uh, you know, I, I feel really good about TCU's chances when he makes his decision on Friday. With Jarrett, I know they would take him in a heartbeat. I know uh, he has a good relationship with Chris Thompson. Arizona State was actually one of his first offers when Thompson was at Arizona State. And so he has that prior relationship with them. Uh, he is a, uh, a from the West Coast, like Jeremiah said. But... I really think uh, his relationship with Thompson might, might went over the whole thing for him. And uh, it would be interesting to watch, I'll say that. But I will say for the, the people that might have missed it, if they do get Patterson, that doesn't mean they're going to stop recruiting Simpson. Uh, they would definitely take both of them at this time.
1: Is there anybody else on the board that is uh, likely to commit before uh, this before before Labor Day, before the season really gets going, both for high school and for college, that we might want to keep our eyes on? I, obviously, uh, Henry, Avery, Bolden, Patterson are the names that are kind of at the top of our list. Is there anybody else that we're not talking about that could uh, make a surprise commit in the next month that you know TCU would take their commitment?
2: I know that the uh, the Tavailant Hunt kid out of Texarkana was a, uh, was a kid that really, really impressed them. At the last camp, and he was a guy that they've been recruiting for a while. They just wanted to get him down on campus, let all the other coaches see him, especially the offensive coaches, get a chance to see him run routes. And uh, all of us saw him. Uh, we we saw him run routes. We saw what he looked like physically. And yeah, you know, I would take that kid in a heartbeat. And that's one of those. Uh, Players right now, he's he's committed to Kansas, and you got to when you hold up your hand, you're holding up TCU in one hand and Kansas in the other. Sure, Kansas has got some some buzz going on. They've got Doug Meacham up there as the offensive coordinator now. They've got these facility upgrades they're going to be doing, but you're still holding TCU in one hand and Kansas in the other, and one of them surely outweighs the other. So I think it's going to be one of those deals where tobalance probably looks at it after a little bit and says, you know what, I want to go and uh, play for TCU. They're going to be better fit for me.
1: Well, that's a great recruiting update, guys. We appreciate that. Those are all things to kind of keep our eye on in the next uh, week and a half, two weeks. The reason I was asking about Patterson so much is I know he visited TCU and then went right back down to and then went down to Austin before he returned home in California. And he has said his recruitment, his commitment date is going to be. I believe the term was early August. So I don't know exactly when that's going to be, but I got an eye on him. I really like him. I think he's an underrated player. I know 24 seven has him ranked rank pretty high, I believe, but I'm, I'm a fan of, of Jarrett Patterson. And I think he's a guy that would, that would work well in the Sunny Cumbie offense. So keep an eye on that moving forward. Well, like I've like we mentioned in the intro, the last time we were all together, we were eating barbecue and drinking beer at Heim's barbecue. If you were not able to get down there, for the Horn Frog Blitz get-together, you missed something. We had a heck of a lot of fun. We were able to you know, put some true serum in Jeremy, and he told us about all the players we lost out on because they got uh, down payments on their mortgage. No, that's actually not true. But, <laughs> but we had a heck of a lot of fun. So, you know, we've had a big debar- barbecue debate on here. I know that I kind of have a bias towards Angelo's. I know that, um, you know, Daniel, he loves Dickie's. He says that's the best barbecue, and there's no argument. Dickie's over Lockhart. right? But I want... <laughs> but i wanted to get input from you guys daniel i'd love to hear from you first what did you guys think of of, of heims and give us a rating uh on a, on a 10 on a ten, 10 star scale how would you rate Himes and what did you like about it
0: i'm gonna go uh nine and a half uh, i thought it was uh fantastic uh brisket that's pretty much their uh their staple um it was it had a perfect smoke ring it um, held up to the, uh, most people, uh, would say, uh, if you take a quarter inch slice of brisket and hold it, uh, and kind of dangle it and it, it holds itself under its own weight and all you have to do is p- barely pull on it and it comes apart and that's a perfect brisket. And that's what I got and it had a beautiful smoke ring. It was super moist, just the right amount of fat. Um, it was perfect. I loved it. And the bacon burnt ends, uh, were very unique. Um, I've had uh, you know Kansas City burn ends, which come off the uh, off the brisket, uh, which looks a little bit different. But this is from bacon, and that's kind of like their um, novelty item. But they're really really good, and uh, that was that was definitely a treat. I- I'm looking forward to going back because there's um, not only uh, other meats I need to try, but I need to try all those sides. Uh, they make their sides there, unlike a lot of places who kind of you know open a can and pour it out. So. Um, very impressed. I uh, can't wait to go back. Uh, I need to figure out when the best time to go is because we stood in line forever and they were running out by the time we were getting through the line. So.
3: Yeah. Um, you guys there? Yeah. Hello. Okay. Sorry. I thought I lost you for a minute. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I actually, uh, I think I'd probably give it maybe a nine. Um, I would like to give it higher, but there were some meats that I didn't get to try that I really wanted to. Um, I, I really thought the the burn ins were really good. Um, man, as mu- as good as the meat was, I couldn't quit talking about that jalapeno mac and cheese. I'm telling you, that's one that's probably the best side item I've ever had at a barbecue place. So I'll give that a 10 out of 10. But the brisket was really good, very moist, very tender. Um, everything there was was really really good. I look forward to going back, like Daniel said, another time when maybe I get a chance to. To try some of the other the other meats uh, they were really down to the black peppered um, sausage that was really good and they had a little bit of brisket left so that's pretty much all I got to try uh, thanks to TX Blitz for letting me eat some of his bacon burn-ins that was good um, but yeah I want to go back and, and eat some more but a great experience overall great environment uh, re- really good food great people that work there too so no complaints from me. Now, Jeremy, you didn't get
1: a chance to eat um, from the full menu because a certain uh, person you work with at 24-7 might have ordered what you wanted. Tell us a little bit about that because that's kind of a conspiracy on on CNN these days. (laughs)
2: Hey, you know what? Heim is is a great place um, to go if you go early enough. Next time we have one of these get-togethers, and I text you, Jeff. I text you as I was – just steaming and fury from the register that we will never have another get together at Haim at 7 PM. <laughs> no more, no more. We're, forget it. If people want to go out and drink beer. They could do it at noon. Damn it. I don't care. <laughs> okay. So we're going to next time we go, we're going to go early, but anyway, you know, it's, it's a, it's a great place. I love the place. The brisket was great. I did want to have some of that. I think it was the peppered sausage unfortunately, the the gentleman in front of me got that, but I don't I don't, you know, I don't want to point fingers. It could have been someone else. but one thing I would change, I would definitely change uh, uh, them having someone I mean more people work the register. The, the young lady was very pleasant, very nice. The thing that that, that kind of just I don't know how to describe it, but as you wait in line, is there anything more deflating when you want something so bad and you can just taste it? You, you're literally tasting it in your mouth as you're waiting there in that line, and they come out and scratch off what you're waiting for. Or they put that white piece of tape over it, and you know that's it. You can't have it tonight. There's no There's no going back. And so the the, the lady asked me, what, a, "What what would you like? I said, well, I'll take the brisket, or I could get the brisket. And she just kind of laughed because that was literally the only thing left on the menu. I mean, there was <laughs> nothing else. I did have some mac and cheese. That was great. My kids came up to me, wanted some of the mac and cheese. They loved it. My wife was talking about it. My kids were still talking about it the next day. So every time we go now, we're going to get the mac and cheese. I like the beans. I like everything about home. I like the atmosphere. People are great. Uh, it was great company. I liked having a chance to, to meet some of the members from the site. Uh, TX Blitz. Just like Jeremiah said, thank you so much for the bacon burn ins Those were those were great, in my opinion. And on a uh, round of beer yep.
1: for everybody. That was great too. Yeah, yeah, that was great. It was it was
2: it was awesome getting a chance to to talk a little football and uh, talk a little recruiting with those guys. And hey, if you missed it, that's one of the reasons why we go out and do these things. It's it's good to go out and not have to worry about what you type out on a keyboard, where thousands of people can see it. Sometimes it's a little bit more of an intimate setting when you get to talk around uh, some Frog fans and, and you know that the people you're talking to aren't gonna go spread it on a message board or uh, with their you know, rival buddies. that They're hearing certain things about certain schools. It's good to have that kind of setting where you can go out and really trust the guys you're, you're eating with and getting a chance to know. So it's a pleasure meeting everyone that came out there that night and I hope we get a chance to do it again real soon.
1: Yeah, we will do that again soon, and we'll we won't do it at seven o'clock at Himes. But I just want to reiterate what Jeremy said that, you know, there's there's nothing uh, you know off the charts. But man, you just hear some good stuff that can't be posted online when you're hanging out together with those guys. It's, it was a good night. Good night was had by all. I will add this: I'm old enough to remember when Magnolia was a dump. I remember when you just never went down Magnolia. Man. Yeah, man.
3: changed so much.
1: Oh, I, first of all, I felt so old. I know. I felt so old. I wasn't hipster. I didn't have a ironic beard and skinny jeans, man. It was, that was a cool, that is a cool area. That wine bar that is, I guess about a block and a half East, man, I, I couldn't afford the water at that place. That was a sharp looking spot. So yeah, I hey, love hey, it. Look great. Go ahead.
2: Hey, hey Jeff, let's, let's ask you some questions here. You had a chance to come back down. You and I spent the day at the camp. We yes. went this, this is how crazy Jeff is about barbecue. He was I tell them, listen, now, you're down here. I want to take you to lunch. You do a lot of great stuff for us. I want to take you to lunch. And you're trying to figure out where's a good place for chicken fried steak. Where's this and this. And by the end of the, our conversation, you said, let's go have some barbecue. So we had barbecue two days in a row. Uh, we I took you to Woody Creek on Friday. What was your yeah. thoughts on Woody Creek?
1: You know, I really liked Woody Creek. I thought that they had good barbecue. They had good-sized Texas toast, which matters to me, and the banana pudding was well. They had they put some thought into that. I like the way that the vanilla wafers were kind of placed in that. So I really like the banana pudding at Woody's Barbecue. The whole, you know, I give it a I give it an eight and a half. I thought that for a for a place on the north end of Ridgemore Mall, you couldn't have told me that we'd have a place that good there. That was great. <laughs> cuz again I'm old enough to remember when Richmar Mall on the north side was a dump cuz you're bordering white settlement which is where I used yep. to live no comment and man that was a good spot the only thing we didn't that I didn't get to do cuz we had to go back to the camp was have a cold beer and I I like their little bar there that looked like a good spot to, to belly up and have a couple of shiners one one afternoon after work so maybe we'll and, make that happen sometime
2: yeah it's a, it's a great place and and, and What's your overall thoughts on that camp? I know it was kind of like a kid in a candy store getting to see all those prospects out there. Now you kind of got a chance to see what myself and Jeremiah get to see when we go out to those camps. Give, Give us your thoughts on that.
1: No, it was great to be out there with you to cover that camp. I mean, I put this online and I'll answer your question, but it is great to see what a great relationship Jeremy and Jeremiah have with the staff and how willing they are to, to just share things casually and just be like, Hey, this is what's going on. You might want to think about this. Hey, this is what's about to happen. Keep it under wraps for a week. But I, I enjoyed being out there at the camp. It's very well run. It, one of the, one of the difficulties, and this is something that I, I give you guys credit for sorting out. You'll have 300 kids out there. 20 of them could maybe play division one football, The rest of them are going to be competitive high school players, and you somehow have to sort through all these kids that are dressed the same, trying to figure out who's the elite athlete. And you're like, oh, you know, you can find Daryl Simpson in a crowd. Well, how do you find a D back? How do you find a wide receiver? How do you find a kid with uh, linebacker speed? And it's hilarious to listen to the coaches and you guys, how they evaluate players, what they, what they look for in players. Cause it's, it's more than just who's big and who hits hard. So I really enjoyed being at that camp and watching how the assessment and the evaluation process unfolds. And it's, it's not linear. It's not just simple sitting there with a clipboard and watch a kid run a 40. It's a heck of a lot of fun to see all that stuff unfold in front of you. Yeah, one of the funny things was uh, we're standing out there. I'm going to tell this story. We're standing out there. We're watching the linebackers out in the sun. It's about 95 degrees, and you're like, "Hey, Jeff, see that kid over there, third from the back? He's <laughs> man. That kid, that kid's going to have an offer before the day's over." And I'm just staring and I'm looking I'm like, all right, who, "All right, who do I not see? And maybe I counted it wrong." And this kid looked like me in seventh grade, and he's out there working hard, and he's going to have a good season, I'm sure. But I'm like, I look at you, I'm like. Are you talking about that kid? <laughs> and you're like, no, he's that he's not going to get an offer. I just wanted to make sure that you were paying attention. So that was pretty fun to get the get get my chain yanked by you right out there while I was trying to pretend like I knew what I was doing, evaluating players. But I love the camp. It was very well run. The, the staff does a great job. The one thing I would add is our coaching staff doesn't go out there and just stand around. I mean, you got Zarnell Fitch that is running defensive line drills. You got Paul Gonzalez that is teaching kids how to flip their hips. Our staff is out there teaching high school kids in Texas how to play football, and they're just not outsourcing this to a handful of GAs and a few other guys. It is all—it is all hands on deck, and that was—that was kind of refreshing, yeah. to be honest. I really appreciated that, and I think that speaks to the to the program and what the recruits, recruits say. It's real. What, what they're, they're involved, they're on they're they're engaged and they really care about each and every kid. And they cared about every kid out there that's that's a second string D back at a two A team. They really did invest in every kid that was out there and try to help them become a better football player.
2: Yeah, that's the thing that they go out there and try to try to prove to everyone that they they if you're gonna spend the money to come get coached by them, they're gonna coach you up. And and there's not one of those coaches after a camp that's just not soaked. From head to toe and sweat, from them just busting their butts out there, making sure they're they're giving uh, those kids every every amount of time and, and effort they can get from a major college coach, and it, it's it's cool to see because you know those coaches really do care, and uh, they, they've already got the uh, uh, mantra of being the best evaluators in the business, and you can tell they really go out there and evaluate kids.
3: One of the things Maybe. that I, oh, I'm sorry, one of the things that I like about the camp is it doesn't matter if there's, you know, 40 blue chippers out there or if there's one. Uh, they still treat all those those kids with respect. They they teach them just the same they would uh, elite players. And uh, you, these kids leave there feeling like they got their money's worth and that they learned something. Every It never fails when I, I do interviews with kids that are leaving the camp, um, how, how much they glow about what they've learned from the staff and how they can't wait to apply it. Uh, once they get back to their their uh, respective high schools so i think they just do a great job like you said jeff as a staff and they just really get out there and they, and they work the tails off
1: yeah they do that was re- that was refreshing that 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 made me believe that a lot of the rhetoric about our program is 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 real i never doubted it but to see it in front of you that was great that was great well, Jeremy, you were out there at practice. Um, we're recording Sunday night. You were out there for our very first practice. We had some media availability. You got to go out there and watch for just a little bit. There is a full practice report online on, on, the, on the board. So if you haven't read that yet, you need to go read it. But I just got a couple quick hits I want to hear from you about. I'm going to run a couple things by you. To tell me your take. And I know Frog fans want to hear from your observations of being there. Number one, we got some bad news about a, a high-quality recruit that's out for the season. Give us an update on that.
2: Uh, you talking about Be- uh, Brandon Bowen? Yeah. yeah, I
1: guess I guess he's yeah. not even a recruit. He went through last year. Obviously. <laughs> I, a, a Baylor, I, meant, I meant to say a former Baylor recruit. Excuse me. Yeah, we got was, to solve. a soft.
2: Yeah, he was a very highly uh, rated recruit uh, coming out of the 2016 class. But you know, the, the it is bad news for them. You know, Brandon is one of those kids that just uh, has all the athletic ability in the world. He's six four. He's probably two forty by now. Um, really fast. And just, you know, you hate to hear that he's going to be injured for the whole season because of surgery. And I think it was a shoulder, but um, they just couldn't couldn't get past it and went ahead and did the surgery with him.
1: OK, well, that's going to impact uh, some of the depth. How do you compare that? Um, that, you know, if, if, Bo, if Bowen is out, what do we know about Isaiah Chambers? Any update on his on his development? Were you able to see him out there at all?
2: Yeah, Isaiah looks fine. It's tough to tell what these players are going to look like so far just because they're just in helmets right now. They're not in full pads, so they're not hitting. They're not wrapping up and making tackles and all that good stuff, and the pads are on. But he moves well. He's got great agility. He's quick, got great size. He looks muscled up right now. All the defensive line look just unlike any defensive line I've seen. I've mentioned it on the board, but the defensive tackles just, man, they're so big. I mean, they just got some – Guys that are just gonna be some true hole pluggers. I mean, Ezra Tuua, he is just solid as can be. Uh, if he does nothing else except fill in a gap, I mean, it's it's worth the take for him because he's he's such a, a good looking player. Corey Ellis or I'm sorry, uh, george Ellis and 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 uh, Corey Bethley do not look like true freshman defensive tackles. Those guys are big. Uh, I can't wait to see what those guys are going to look like in the next three or four years and, and what kind of impact they're going to make on that defensive line. But uh, defensive end is kind of scary. You you still have, uh, you still have Gary Overshaw you still have obviously uh, Ben Banigou and, and uh, Matt Bolson. And, and so you have, you have some uh, quality there, but you know, that does become a concern uh, eventually. Um, LJ Collier is a guy that's probably going to move inside and out and, I think he might end up playing mostly outside uh, at end just because he's, he's got the agility to play agility to play out there. Um, but I think he might be one of the best kept secrets right now in the big 12. I think a lot of people are going to be talking about him at the end of the year. And I can't go without mentioning Ross Blacklock at defensive tackle. I mean, that kid just looks like, unlike any other defensive tackle I've ever seen TCU have. It just, uh, it, it's amazing to know if you, when you look out there at him, that he's a redshirt freshman and, it, it, it's funny for uh, some people, but probably not too funny for TCU fans, but you're probably going to see him around campus for about three years because if he does what people expect him to do, he'll be, in my opinion, a first-round pick. And that's just how high I think of Ross right now. He already looks the part. Oh, yeah. Physically, he, physically, he will be one of the most impressive defensive tackles in the Big 12. It, it's I hate to say it like this, It's and it's it's no knock at TCU, but they're just – he looks like he's he should be a defensive tackle at Alabama or LSU. TCU just typically does not have kids that look like him that play defensive tackle. And he's uh, we saw a picture of him uh, last week, Jeremiah and I did. And he's, Jeremiah, what is he, 6'4", 3, I can't remember what his he, weight is. Yeah, he's down to 323. Uh, okay, but- so the 323 is not fat. I mean, it's no. just solid, stinking. I mean, he is now. I'm not going to sit here and say Ross Blacklock has a six pack, but he doesn't have a big old fat belly like you would see in a defensive tackle. I mean, he is he is solid. Oh, his body as has luck. changed. He's,
3: yeah, his body's yeah. changed a lot since his fresh. Uh, kind of, yeah.
2: true freshman year. Yeah, completely transformed. But when you when you you take into account his his uh, uh, physicality on the defensive line, he's so strong. He's he's quick. And just his pure size and strength, man, he's just, you've got the ingredients there. If he does what everyone thinks he can do on the defensive line, you'll see a NFL first round pick from the defensive line from TCU in the next three years, in my opinion.
1: Wow. You heard it here first, folks. That is, that is quite a high bar. And I don't think there's really any hyperbole in what you're saying, to be honest. So one of the other things that we kind of got our eye on this year is a strong freshman crop coming in. Um, Jalen Rager was the only top 10 player in the state of Texas that stayed in the state of Texas last year. And the frogs were able to land him. How does he look out there? Because expectations for him are are really high. I know Jeremiah is high on him. What were you able to see out there in terms of Jalen Rager being able to make a play to to see the field this season?
2: Rager runs really good routes. I was kind of surprised to see where he's lined up right now. Uh, He's playing outside. I I thought he was going to start as a slot receiver, but uh, man he runs some great routes and he he does a great job using his hands as a receiver it sounds silly to say know of course the receivers going to use his hands he never lets the ball get to his body he has perfect form um it, it, and it's just it, the, the only reason i don't think he's gonna uh, see a whole lot of playing time this year is because he's playing behind two seniors and but you know the good thing is is that he he will be used in the slot and outside but right now he's going to stay outside. He's going to be used on special teams, and, and one-on-ones, oh my goodness, I mean, that kid, He. I'm not going to point out the defensive backs that were covering him, but let's just say that he made some, some decent ones look pretty bad today, and and uh, he he does a great job um, just completely fooling the cornerback. The, the way he kind of fakes some moves, and he'll, he'll have a cornerback completely turn his hips and take off one direction while he's running a running a little out pattern. Today, he ran a about a 12 to 14-yard out, and everyone could have swore he was going deep. But the way he just shut it down at 10 to 12 yards and just came back to the sideline, the cornerback was literally going toward the deep ball still. And, uh, you know, that was a pretty impressive route. And, you know, you got a lot of oos and aahs from that route when, when uh, he ran it. Unfortunately, the ball wasn't delivered near him, but, uh, you know, it was a great route nonetheless.
1: Glad to hear that our, our top recruits are, are making a splash here early on. I always like to gauge the, the level of the team off of Coach Patterson's attitude. There seems to be an inverted relationship between those two things. Tell us yeah. tell us what you saw of Coach Patterson out there just in the first day and as well as the first media availability.
2: Man, he's awesome. I mean, as, as TCU fans, I mean – Y'all should be celebrating the fact that y'all have Gary Patterson as a coach. I mean, that guy is not – he's not the CEO. He's not going to stand on the sidelines with the, with his arms crossed talking to the, the different people that are up there watching practice or just visiting. And he's going to go from station to station. He was out there working with the safeties. The safeties split up uh, between free safeties and strong safeties and weak safeties. They split up. Glasgow was working with one group, and Coach Patterson was working with a group. And you can tell. I mean, if, if a player makes a bad mistake, he's going to get on I mean, all of us is, have seen it in a game, and and for Jeremiah and myself, we've seen it in practice over the years. We we know how intense he can get. But at the same time, as as intense as he can get, he's gonna he's gonna see a good play, and he's gonna go over there and pump that kid up. I mean, he's he he knows where to bring kids up, and he knows where to bring them down. But he always if, if he brings a kid down, he's going to build him back up, and uh, he does a great job of that. But he just goes from station to station. It doesn't matter if it's a, he, he worked with the safeties. Then he ran over there to the offensive line just to watch the offensive line. Then he's going from the offensive line over to the defensive line. He's never in one spot at any given time. Uh, just for over, you know, five, 10 minutes. I mean, he, he's constantly on the move and he even joked around on Saturday. Hey, I've lost weight. My knees good. And they're going to have to, you know, players going to make sure that, you know, they can take me. And, uh, he was, you know, we joked around after practice today and, and uh, asked him if the players were ready for him. And he said, no, they weren't ready for me today. He said, maybe maybe, uh, maybe as practices go on, they'll be ready for me. But it's fun, you know, just to watch him and interact because there are, you know, it, there are uh, two, different, two different people when Coach is out there, and he'll fully admit it. You know, the day I spent with him, I got, I got to meet uh, Gary Patterson, Coach P., but there is a uh, there is a Coach Patterson, and Coach Patterson is the guy that is definitely out there uh, making sure his players are doing the right thing, and 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 listening, and and being able to be coached. And uh, that's you know some people may not like that Coach Patterson, but I love watching it, man. It's fun. I I would pay good money to go in and watch his practices every day. And I've told him that. I've told him I'd pay admission to come watch you coach just because. You never know what you're going to get, and, and it's just fun to see him interact unlike most college coaches do. He's still doing it. He's still doing it like he was 30 years ago.
1: Yeah, we should be grateful that we have him, and we should also be grateful that we're not doing a linebacker drill where he decides to un- unload on us because our feet are slow because I think that would be a memorable event. I think that would be a memorable event. One last question from practice. Did you get to see the big Englishman? Is Letman on campus? Did you get to stand next to him? Tell us what you saw.
2: He is. I guess I will try to explain the best way I can for people that know Matt Pryor, know how big he is. He's, he's basically Matt Pryor's twin. I took some pictures of him today. You know, I I tried to get as many pictures as I could uh, of as many players as I could and get some video for everyone Um, that got kind of, cut off a little bit earlier than than what I'd hoped, but I did get some a couple of pictures of uh, uh and uh he is big. I mean he is he is every bit the size that he's listed on the roster. He's he's at least six six. I mean six seven. Um he's listed at six eight, three fifteen. I I'll guarantee you he's at least six seven. He looks three twenty to me. He's just a big kid. He's uh gonna he, he played guard today when he was going through drills. Um I'm not sure to. I'm not going to anoint him as a second or third team or even starter right now. But I mean, he's he's getting in there doing the work, and it was it was pretty cool to see a a guy from England that's only been playing football for a minimal amount of years to to come out there and compete in that Texas heat and compete with uh, one of the top programs in the Big Twelve. But. It's uh, one of those classic finds that you see TCU making. I mean, that if you look at what they found here within the last few months for the class that's on campus, in addition to the, the kids they signed from 2017, you've got uh, Keenan Reed, which looked pretty good to me today, uh, the the junior college corner out of northeastern Oklahoma. You had Michael Epley that is uh, physically pretty good. He's going to add some depth to the defensive line. Uh, another guy they found basically after signing day and uh, Letman, I mean, no one even knew about this kid till a few weeks ago when we we actually got the news. And uh, you know, it's it's just another classic find. They're they're finding these guys late in the process, and I think all three of those guys will uh, be contributors in, at some point in their TCU career.
0: Did he have to practice started at four? Did he have to like stop and have tea? I think tea time is around four. <laughs>
2: I'm not sure. No. No, but I'll I'll make sure you told you, you said that about him, Daniel, <laughs> so, he can, uh, so, you, so he can properly meet you next time
0: you're up around campus. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, you'll find me hiding in a trash can
2: or something. <laughs> or he puts. Now, listen, in Dan, trash Dan, can. Dan, Daniel's a tall dude. Daniel. Yes, he tall. is. Dan, Daniel, how tall are you? Like six five, six six, six five. How tall yeah. are you? Okay. Levittman's probably a good two or three inches bigger than you. Like he is, he is very big, man. Very big. Good lord.
1: We'll take all the size we can get up front. I think that's going to be good for us this year. Well, guys, we're going to switch gears here. We've got the class of seventeen that we that we were obsessed with all the way up until signing day, and now they're on campus and we're getting reports on them being in purple out there at Amon Carter. That's great. We're going to do a quick section here. That I've heard on other shows called "Buy or Sell." I'm just going to give you a, a statement. And you tell me if you buy, you think it's going to happen, or you sell and you don't, and then just give me a couple of sentences of why why you think it's going to happen or why it's not. Uh, Jeremiah, we're going to start with you. Jalen Rager scores seven touchdowns this year by sell?
3: I'm selling that. I just I think he's got the ability to, but you know, especially with the news that Jeremy just broke about him playing more outside. I think the thing is he's going to be good enough to get in and probably play some slot too. But seven touchdowns is a lot. Uh, with the other talent that they already have. So I'm going to go ahead and sell that. Jeremy Clark, Sean Robinson starts
1: seven games at quarterback, and injury is not a factor. Buy or sell?
2: Why are you giving me the most controversial question, man?
3: Because you're the one that was out there at practice today. No. You did say start, though, right? You just said play. Just no, like, you said play, play, start. play. no, you said start. No, you said start. I oh, said okay.
2: start. Okay, Okay. so here's how this goes. Well, Jeremy Clark said Sean Robinson's going to start seven games, so there's a quarterback controversy. You know, I – oh, gosh, Jeff. How'd you do this to me?
1: <laughs> I sent you this outline like three hours ago, and now you're mad. <laughs> hey, listen,
2: listen. I, I, I confided to you what I told you about the quarterback situation, and you put this question on me. I confided it <laughs> I to get you as, is, as a pastor.
1: This does not fall under pastoral oh, confidentiality. Why
3: <laughs> okay. are you bringing being a pastor into it? it?
1: I know. Yeah. Why you got to why got to drag religion into everything, Clark?
2: I don't know. Hey, <laughs> you know, it's... it's. Ah, God, how the heck am I supposed to answer uh, this question? I'm, I'm talking to my wall, so you guys don't all right. listen to me. can just You know, I liked what I saw from Kenny today. Uh, he threw the ball well. Sean threw the ball well, too. If if the Frogs come out of the gate struggling and they're you know, two and two, whatever, I don't think they're going to struggle with two and two, but let's just hypothetical reasons. If they come out of the gate struggling, then yes, I will say that Sean Robinson will start seven games because at that point, if you're playing for a bowl, then I think even though he would never admit this because he wants to win now, but I think Coach Patterson would like to start seeing what Sean would do and kind of build for the future a little bit. Um, and if he's not if it's if it's to a point where the talent gap between Kenny and Sean's not that great then I can definitely see him do it and right now if you're talking arm strength, there's not a gap. Sean's got as strong as arm as Kenny does. If it's accuracy there's not really a gap because Sean can throw the ball just as accurate as Kenny. They both run good and both of them are have durable bodies. They're they're both two fifteen range, can take a hit. The the difference right now is knowing the offense. Sean's a true freshman. He's only been in this offense for a few months. Kenny uh, has been around it for over a year now, almost two years when he was sitting out for transfer reasons. So he's he's been around the, the offense. But if he I'm long winded here, I'm sorry, but it's a tough question to answer. Uh, if if the Frogs start out of the gate slow, then, yes, I think Sean Robinson will start seven games. So I'll buy that.
1: We got breaking news. Jeremy Clark has announced that Sean Robinson will be the starting quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll well, let you off the hook on that one.
0: I was wondering, you said a minute ago about Rager running, like, 12 or 13-yard little route that fooled the cornerback. And I'm so, not answering that question. You, you know what I'm going to ask. Okay, never mind.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Great question. You 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 said what was on all of our mind, Daniel. I love it.
0: Because that's that was gonna be make the decision between buy or sell for me, so
1: <laughs> Oh, next question for you, Daniel. Buy or sell, Ross Blacklock, second ten, Big Twelve defensive lineman.
0: Uh, sell, because he'll be first team.
1: Nice. Good save. Strong, strong. Strong. yeah you you're a tall guy as we already highlighted you stood next to him was it last year at the spring game when he was on campus during uh every um,
0: time I don't remember seeing him the spring game I I walked past him uh, leaving a basketball game um, and he was walking around in like sweats he's yeah he's as tall as me I mean back then he was still a little uh, out of shape still and but still a huge dude.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think he is going to be first team. I cannot wait to see Blacklock on the field this year. Jeremiah sticking with the defensive line uh, over under or by sell. Ezra Tua, U is age gets mentioned six times this year, at least six times.
3: I'll buy that. That's probably going to get mentioned quite a bit, but it's okay. I mean, that's hopefully they're talking about him a lot to bring up his age. And I think that'll be something that you see because I think this guy's physically ready to, to compete right now. So uh, it's a great pickup for the frogs, so I, I buy that right now.
1: Yeah, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna be. I think that's gonna be right up there with Jordan Shipley and uh, Case McC- or Colt McCoy were roommates. They're gonna mention this over and over and over and over again. He's twenty five years old, so we'll see how it goes with Did that. Did
0: you know that uh, Shane Buchel's dad is uh, Steve Buchel? That was mentioned
2: <laughs> a lot.
1: Did you know Boomer White used to
2: Boy, play? I, Steve.
1: get ready to say that. <laughs> did you know Steve Buschel's dad had a vasectomy before he was born? Oh,
3: did not know that. No, <laughs>
1: oh. You didn't did know that? Up. That story is all over. I'm not just making that up. Well, what like, thoughts are you on? Wait, Steve or I...
0: Shane? Because that that's weird.
1: Steve. Yeah. I'm not just making that up. Steve had a vasectomy, and then they had Shane. I'm not – somebody go look that up. You're going to find that on the Austin American Statesman. That's just not some – garbage i pulled off a reddit i promise (laughs) i promise you i'm not somebody listening to this like yeah i heard that all the time too um jeremy george ellis red shirts this year buy or sell
2: i'm gonna say i'm gonna say bye yeah he's gonna red shirt i think he'll red shirt not because He's not talented enough to play, but just because I think the defensive tackle spot is so strong right now that he can afford a redshirt, so to speak. And, and I don't know if that new rule has been passed where they can play four games and then be put on redshirt. If that rule passes, then I could see him being one of those guys that does that. I don't know if you guys have heard about that rule, the, the new rule yeah. they proposed where they can play four games and still be redshirted. That's a rule that they are hoping like crazy to get approved. Is it any four at- games? Yeah, any four games. Okay, any four games. Yeah.
1: Wow, that would be pretty darn good. I like yeah. that.
0: That'd be cool I if like you could, if you had like an injury and you could bring him in for the last four. and It still count as a red shirt.
2: Yeah, that's what they were talking about. Kind of, you know, if you have a if you have a kid that say say if he plays three games and you want to red shirt him, and then if you have so many injuries and you literally have to pull off a kid's red shirt before to play that last game. He could still play that last game now and, and still be able to uh, have a red shirt. Even if he plays the first three games of the season, misses the next eight, he can still play that 12th game and get a red shirt. That's cool.
1: Oh, that would be a great rule. All right. Last question for you, Daniel Buy or sell Uh van Zant regrets, not going to Baylor. Um,
0: sell because why would anyone regret not going to Baylor?
1: What, what came to my mind was that he and Tristan Ebner, Ebner were such good friends, and Ebner has been moved to running back. I don't know if you guys saw that, but he they're, they're so thin at running back. He went from playing deep, being recruited to play DB at TCU – went to Baylor to play wide out and now he's going to be playing running back with Baylor with what do they have five, four offensive linemen on full scholarship. So,
0: well, you're using facts and logic, but when I hear Baylor, all that goes out the window. So I just, yeah. yeah, So you just
2: tossed off. You just tossed up a softball question to Daniel. I did. (laughs) I I want you to ask him the Sean Robinson question.
1: Okay. Buy or sell. Sean Robinson starts seven games this season, Daniel. Well,
0: I need to know about that past to Rager first before I can answer
2: that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can, okay. Oh, I, I, I,
2: I can confirm that it was not Kenny Hill, nor was nice. Sean Robinson.
1: Okay. 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 Sounds, good. Then, Sounds good. Then I sell.
2: You sell. All
1: right. I can go for that. I can go for that. Well, we had some listener questions, but I swear we've almost answered all of them. Uh, let me, I'm scrolling through here. I think we've kind of answered anything, everything. Are there any other offensive, Jeremy, are there any other offensive linemen that we're looking at other than Jared Anderson and Daryl Simpson right now that um, we should be keeping our eye on?
2: Well, they really want to get tackles. Um, and, and I think those two right now are the top two guys on their list. I mean, obviously they're going to look at Willie Allen once they can start talking to him on September 1st. Um, And when I, the reason why I say it like that is because everyone just thinks it's a given. Willie still has to go out there and do his thing. He can't go out there and just loaf off and think he's just going to get a scholarship. You know, I love Willie to death, good player uh, out of high school. Um, But I think everyone on here can agree. And even the listeners can agree that TCU is not going to take him if he's kind of, Digressed a little bit from what he was in high school. They want to see what he can do. This would be a great opportunity for him at the junior college level to see if he can block those defensive ends or you know play tackle. If not, see if he can play guard. But Willie Allen would be the guy that I think right now that they are penciling in as a guy that they're going to start recruiting um, when they could actually start talking to him on September 1st. That's the that's the first day they can actually reach out. But I know uh, I know um, obviously that. You know, there's there's going to be some interest there.
1: Yeah, we're all interested in Willie and want, pulling for him, man. We want the best for you, buddy. We hope to see you in Fort Worth. We hope you have a great year out there in Tyler and make your way here to, to, to Fort Worth and shine as a frog. One last listener question, and this is one that a lot – there's been a lot of traction on this on the board in the last couple of days. Jeremy, just take a few seconds and take us inside. Caleb Chapman, he committed to the Aggies. He had an offer from the Frogs. Can you now maybe share a little bit more? Did he have a committable offer? Did he try to commit? Was the staff smart enough to know that he was just waiting on the Aggie offer? Kind of kinda of put this to bed for us, because honestly there's like eighty-seven threads and they all bring up this subject.
2: Well it's crazy because there was a time when when he had a committable offer, then he then they weren't really going after him too hard. Uh, and I asked if they were still going after him and, and I was told no. Um, but the next thing I know, he was up there visiting campus. But I think the coaches were smart enough to realize if if they were to take a commitment from Caleb that if A&M came into the picture, he was immediately going to flip from TCU and go to A&M. It was kind of like the whole situation with Willie. Everyone and their dog knew that Willie did not want to be at LSU. And he tweeted about it every and er, everything. You know, everyone knew that he did not want to be at LSU and TCU is where he wanted to be. Kind of the same thing with Caleb. You know, Caleb, even though he wasn't out there tweeting about it all the time, everyone knew that A&M was really his dream school. It was going to be a miracle for him not to go to A&M if they offered. And, uh, I mean, look at how long it took for him to commit. I mean, he he basically took 24 hours to kind of build it up a little bit. But, you know, it it was one of those deals where pretty much everyone – in the Houston area, almost the entire state of Texas knew if A&M offered Caleb Chapman, that's where he was going. There's no doubt, and he proved everyone right. I mean, that's that's just how it goes. And I heard a rumor that he, he that he might have tried to commit to TCU, that they didn't want to take it. Um, I can't verify if that was true or not, but you know, it, you know, there's been other situations where other kids have tried to commit to TCU and they just weren't uh, willing to take the commitment. And uh, I don't know if Caleb falls in that category, but Certainly, it uh, it is something that you know they don't have to worry about now. He's he's going somewhere else, and they've got some other targets on their list still.
1: Well, thanks for sharing that. There's been a lot of conversation about that. Fellas, we're going to close with one of my favorite topics, and you're all you're all three going to get uh, a, a different question to close this out here. I posted it on the on the question board for the on the thread for getting your questions into the frogcast. Balancing family and work and life during college football season is difficult for for addicts like us. I like to watch the Pac-12 game that kicks off at 10 o'clock. I have no problem staying up for that, and I'll, I'll watch the dang Hawaii game on what feels like just um, you know you know government radio. Just to hear more football, just to watch more college football. But you gotta balance family, you gotta balance work life, you gotta find a way to not just sit in front of the TV for 17 hours all Saturday. So I'm gonna ask each one of y'all one question, and you wanna give me your honest answer. Don't give me any BS. So I just wanna hear this from you. Daniel, we're gonna start with you. This, these are all hypotheticals. Imagine you got a girlfriend, and her cousin is getting married at Tyler at 2 o'clock. The day of the TCU Texas game that's kicking off at 630 at Eamon Carter. This is a girl you're dating. You know, you just haven't dated three or four times. You're kind of, you're thinking about, uh, you know, you, you might end up getting married to this girl. You're not engaged, but you're not just hanging out. What do you say to your girlfriend when she says, we're going to my cousin's wedding in Tyler the day of the TCU Texas game? No. No, and under no circumstances do you follow a girlfriend to a wedding with her family on when TCU's playing at home, especially against Texas.
0: Yeah, and then that's probably why I'm single is because I answer stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I I wouldn't go. I'd say no, sorry.
1: Yeah, no no shame in that, man.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's true. I'm not. I I have weird priorities and. you know, I'm TCU football is one of them, man. That, that's,
1: that's, right.
0: that's pretty much my main priority is TCU, uh, everything. So, uh, not a
1: dang, not a dang thing wrong with that. You know, I guess I would say if, if you're going to do that, she better be wedding material. You better be moving towards the altar pretty darn quick or her dad better be loaded. So that's the, you know, those are the only factors that would be. Yeah. In yeah.
0: There. It's, it's possible. You know, maybe I'd, you know, rent like a sports car, you know, drive 100 miles an hour back yeah get a flight
1: to, back to meacham field maybe yeah
0: maybe something like that um yeah. okay. un, unless unless it's a really crappy season then i'll just you know watch it on my phone
1: okay fair enough jeremiah this one is for you uh, You're you're coaching your son's youth football team and you've been able to manipulate the calendar to where you're never having to worry about it but the last game of the year the frogs are playing at 11 and you're the head coach for your son's youth football team, and they kick off at ten, are you taking a knee the entire second half to run out the clock, or are you playing to win? What's more important, winning your son's youth football game, or being home to watch all of the frog game?
3: It depends on uh, what, which game it is for TCU and how important it is for me. Uh, that's just an honest truth. Uh, <laughs> if it's if it's if the Big Twelve title is on the line, I'll I'll have my assistant coach fill in that week. Nice. Nice,
1: I like that. I like. It. Let's say it's West Virginia for bowl eligibility.
3: Yeah, um, I'm going to go ahead and coach. Go ahead and coach my team, my kids' team that day. Fair enough. Fair enough. DVR. DVR. That's right. <laughs> hey,
2: right I Jim. had that scenario, I had that real life scenario play out. By the way.
1: Oh, you did. Tell us about it.
2: Uh, I was coaching my son's flag football team when they were on the 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 year that. They won up in West Virginia with uh, uh, Overtime.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, I didn't see that live.
1: Okay. Wow. Yeah. Crazy, crazy.
2: I had to catch well, that Jeremy, on the radio. I was watching oh, it. I was, li- I was listening to Estridge on the way home. Yeah, it was good.
1: I was watching it on my phone driving back from a wedding that I officiated. So, yeah, there we all go. Right. We, all, we all got our price. All right, last one for you, Jeremy. You're a happily married man. You royally piss off your wife, and she wants you to take her out for a nice meal as a way of saying I'm sorry. And you got reservations at 6 o'clock at, at the Rialto, somewhere in downtown Fort Worth. And you're like, honey, we just got to watch the 2.30 game at home. They're playing. Let's say they're playing in Stillwater. The game goes into overtime, and it looks like you're really going to like – cut the window short to make it for your six o'clock reservation, or since it's a big 12 game and overtime, you're probably not going to make it. What do you do? Do you, do you piss off your wife even more or do you listen to Estridge in the car?
2: So you're giving me all these real life scenarios. (laughs) See this. It was October of 2011. (laughs) No, no, no. There's, there's no, there's no question. I don't even schedule a, a makeup date on a Saturday. Because she okay. knows I have to work, and so it's great for me. I mean, all these questions are easy for me because it all leads back to. Hold now, if I'm a if fan, if I'm if I'm just a fan, okay, then and I'm trying to and I'm trying to play nice, mm-hmm. then you no, know, happy wife, happy life. You know, you can go back and DVR. That's a great thing about technology nowadays.
1: Yeah, you know, at the weekend of uh, my wedding, the I got married the day that TCU beat Baylor. So I think it was 20, 2007. It'll be 10 years uh, in first of September. And so I was getting – this is back before everybody had smartphones. So I was updating the uh, the computer score on the box score on my computer in my office across the hall from the sanctuary where I was about to get married. And then somebody came up to me right after the wedding and told me the score, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. So,
2: yeah. I mean, one, I, I, yeah here's ahead. one for you. Here's one for you. Okay.
1: I'm all ears. <laughs>
2: This season, TCU's playing uh, in the Big 12 championship. The winner gets to go to the playoffs. We all know this. Whoever wins this Big 12 championship is guaranteed a playoff spot. It's on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. You're the pastor at your local church. Yes. You get a call from one of your uh, most cherished, uh, cherished members of your church. They have marriage problems. They need to talk to you right now. And it's during the big drop championship. What do you do? <laughs> turn your this phone is, off.
1: Turn your phone off. Uh, this is, this is why God, this is why, this is doesn't
2: why God, good, no, does it,
1: Jeff, I got a great answer. I got a great, this is why God equips other people to care for people. You know, it's not just the pastor's job to take care of the church. We need to be there for one another. And so I would, I would, uh, just let it go straight to voicemail because I got all – so many church members with their real name, and I don't answer phone calls I don't recognize. Let it go straight to voicemail, and then, of course, I would respond in a, in a very timely, pastoral way at halftime.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, do you have like deacons or anything that you could pass it oh, yeah. off to? I,
1: I got people. I got elders. I got folks, and yeah, they could they could – that, that, yeah, that that will be fun. And and you know what else I could say? I can't believe I'm gonna say this. If you're waiting until now to call, it's probably too late, Bubba. So just don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh snap! That's not true. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> but no, I would have that. I would have a hard time with that. That would be a tough one. You know, honestly, it's uh, my church is so young. Like I'm, I feel old at my church. Like we have so many young people, and um, it's it, they, you know, their issues are, are they have real issues, but it, it doesn't involve. Um, you know, people dying during the TCU OU game. So if they got marital problems, we, I would have probably known about it. And I'd, I'd say, you know what, let's find a time to get together for a beer. I'd love to talk with you about it. So that would probably hey, when, be my cop out answer.
2: When we have another, uh, when we have another show, I've got a great story about a a, a time at the TCU OU game where I almost did see a man die right beside me. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, that'll be the lead. That'll be the lead next, uh, in, in, next episode.
3: and the, the press box. Yeah. You notice, someone, you notice how someone's getting real quiet. Somebody's not saying anything over here.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we'll look forward to hearing about that, whoever that guy is. Um, no comment. <laughs> Well, guys, as always, this is a heck of a lot of fun. We hope you enjoy listening to it. A couple things. If you are a faithful listener and you've made it an hour in here, a couple things we'd love for you to do. Go on iTunes and subscribe if you haven't already and give us a rating. We would love for you to drive our ratings up. This is the way that people find our show. Also, if you're on social media, if you're on Facebook or on Twitter and you see our link, please share it. Please retweet that. Please share that. We – we want to get the word out about the Frogcast. we think we put together really good we put together really good content a lot of good recruiting insight and a lot of uh, a lot of just having a good time so please share this if you get a chance to to track us down on social media as always you can find us on facebook on twitter you can go to frogcast.com and we're proud members of uh, cbs 24 uh, 7 sports with horn frog blitz we're glad to glad to call this place our home. So as always for Daniel Southern, for Jeremiah Clark or Jeremy Clark and Jeremiah Glenn, I'm Jeff Mitchell. Thanks so much for listening to the broadcast.